Welcome to the First Baptist Barberville Weekly Sermon Podcast. At FBC Barberville, our mission is to gather, grow, give, and go. Join us for live worship on the Court Square in Barberville, Kentucky, or to learn more about our church, visit fbcbarberville.com. Here is Pastor Tyler Shields. You know, those couple of minutes may not seem like much, but when you don't get to do that for two years, you, you start remembering just how important that, that moment of fellowship is, isn't it? That's yeah, good stuff. Last week, we cracked open Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church, and we looked at his opening statements to them and uh, talked about how Paul was urging the Corinthians to get back on track, to refocus Again, on Jesus, and not only focusing on Jesus, but making Jesus known uh, to those around them and to others. And I mentioned last week that the Corinthian church had a lot of problems, right? And we talked about how Corinth itself was an incredibly immoral city, a very sinful place, and, and, and how that seems to have infected the church. That, that sinfulness, even the immorality, has, has come into the Corinthian church, and you know, I've always wondered, this is just me thinking out loud, I've always wondered, why would you name your church after, after this church? I'm not knocking any church, but it's almost like naming your church Laodicean Baptist Church or something like that. It's just a, not, a, not a great church. But Paul addresses these issues, many of these issues, and, and one thing that he addresses, we're going to talk about this morning, was how the Corinthians partook of the Lord's Supper when they came together. And if you notice this morning, we're going to be doing this here in a little while. So it's fitting that we talk about what it is we're doing here this morning. If you would turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and Paul addresses several issues, but then down in verse 17, he tells the church this 1 Corinthians 11, starting in verse 17. He says, Now in giving this instruction, I do not praise you. Since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. For to begin with, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. We talked a little bit about that last week. And in part, I believe it. Indeed, it is necessary that there be factions among you so that those who are approved may be recognized among you. And when you come together then, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. For at the meal... Each one eats his own supper, so that one person is hungry while another gets drunk. And you thought we had church problems. <laughs> Don't you have homes in which to eat and drink? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I praise you? I do not praise you in this matter. Gotta love the Apostle Paul. For I receive from the Lord... What I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, 
Whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. In this way, let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many are sick and ill among you, and many have fallen asleep. If we were properly judging ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined so that we may not be condemned with the world. Now, I cannot talk about the Lord's Supper without telling this story. And mom, I apologize ahead of time for this one. All my family knows they're liable to be in a sermon at some point. It's, it's just known. So you, one thing you've got to know about my mom is my mom is a, a very godly woman. She is. She's a praying woman. She's a, a great woman. And I could never ask for a better mother. But there's one thing you need to understand about my mother. Is my mother can go from okay to hungry to hangry. Uh, in just a matter of moments. And so she's already laughing because she knows what I'm getting ready to talk about. One time, we were getting ready to celebrate the Lord's Supper. This was about 15, almost 20 years ago. And our family was sitting right up here in the balcony, as we always did back then. And the service had gone a little bit long. It was creeping into that lunch hour, and Mom began to get hungry. And so we're sitting there, and... Uh, the service is winding down, and we get to the portion of celebrating the Lord's Supper, and it's a very quiet, solemn part of the service, right? And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm beginning to hone my thoughts in the, into the Lord's table and, and reflecting as we're supposed to do, when all of a sudden, mom's belly growls. And when I say mom's belly growls, I mean it was like one whale calling to another in the ocean. <laughs> Just kind of this... And so I'm sitting on the end, the, the, the end of the pew. Mom's beside me. The rest of the family's on down the pew. And when this happens, mom grabs her, her belly like this, as if she can hide what's just happened. And she turns and she stares at me as if I can do something about it. And so I get tickled. And I'm, I'm trying not to laugh out loud in the middle of the Lord's Supper. This gets mom tickled, of course. And so finally, we, be, we regain our composure. We settle down a little bit. And I just begin to think about the Lord's Supper again. When all of a sudden, one more time, I hear... <laughs> again, mom doubles over. She looks at me. I look at her. And out of the corner of my eye, I see none other than Tony Todd coming our way with the elements of the Lord's Supper. And without saying a word, me and mom, we just kind of got up at the exact same time, ran past Tony Todd and out of church. We just could not regain ourselves after that. Now, I say that because I don't think the Apostle Paul would approve of our behavior that morning during the Lord's Supper here at First Baptist Church. So anyway, <laughs> Paul talks about this, and he, he, what we've we got to understand is going on here. When we read about them taking the Lord's Supper, it's not just the Lord's Supper that they're taking, but they're also participating in a meal 
before they celebrate the Lord's Supper. I think this is a wonderful idea as well. If we ever wanted to start having a fried chicken dinner or something before the Lord's Supper. So they'd come together and it was called the Agape or the Love Feast. And it was a time of fellowship for the church. And it was during this time that the Corinthians would bring their own food and their own drink. And each person would partake of what they brought. While those that maybe couldn't bring something were just sitting over here kind of empty handed. It was very individualistic. Nothing was shared. And not only that... It sounds like everybody overindulged in everything that they brought. Paul was not happy with this. There was nothing Christian about what was going on. And so he addresses this. And then he instructs, instructs them on the Lord's Supper. And the first lesson we see is that the Lord's Supper is communion with the church. Now me and mom had a lot of fun with the church that morning 20 years ago. But the Corinthians were missing this. Again, they were very individualistic in their approach to the Lord's Supper and to the, to the love feast. But because the Lord's Supper is communion with the church, because it's one of two ordinances of the church, we've got to understand this thing is reserved for believers. It's fairly exclusive coming to the Lord's table. It's, it's for those who have already been united with Christ. So by its nature, it requires that we be saved. I'm going to be very plain that you are a saved person, a Christian, before you come to the Lord's table. And when you receive Christ, when you get saved, the very Spirit of Christ comes into your life and you have the purest communion and fellowship with Jesus that you've ever had. And so the Lord's Supper, I think, is probably the greatest physical representation of that communion that there is. And it's all of God's saints joining together, one, to remember Christ's work on the cross, but then to ingest this bread and this wine into their bodies, just as the very Spirit of Christ has already indwelled them spiritually. And so Jesus... He invites everyone to partake of his table, not just the bread and the wine, but to partake of the table of his salvation. That's an open invitation to anyone. And then this table is for those who receive him. And he invites all whosoever will to come and receive his body and his blood and then join as a church and do this in remembrance. And so when you eat the bread, think about this. It's a very simple thing the Lord gave us, but it's profound. And when you eat this bread and you drink from this cup... These things enter into your body, and nobody can take that away from you. It's in you. And likewise, when you come to Christ, when you receive Christ into your life, nothing and no one can take Him away from you. Nothing and no one can pluck you out of the Father's hand. And this, this bread and this wine, it becomes muscle and nerves and vessels. It's nourishment for your body. And likewise, when Christ comes into your body, He changes you. He changes into your life. He changes your life. Miraculously, you become a new creature. And taking communion, very much like baptism, it's a physical reminder of this spiritual change that has taken place in your life through Christ. Paul not only says, are we united with Christ? But again, communion is, is the church coming together as one body. And although there, there are many of us, and if you look around, we're all a little bit different. We look different and we act different. Some people will be hungry shortly. Some will not. and They'll be okay. Uh, but we're all a little different. But when we come to the Lord's table, all of that goes away. We're merely sinners saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. United by that common thread of redemption. But So at the Lord's table, and they dealt with this in the Corinthian church. Remember, it was a very mixed church. 
We're a very diverse church this morning. When you come to the Lord's table, it does not matter if you're a man or a woman or a white person or a black person. It doesn't even matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I know that's hard to even wrap your mind around. Or if you're an American or a Brazilian. All that matters when you come to the Lord's table is that you've been born again. Through the precious blood of Christ that we sang about. Now there's a lot of ways that the church can have fellowship together. And there's a lot of ways that we do this. But the greatest communion for the church is when they come to the Lord's table as one body to worship and to remember what Christ has done for us. Paul, back in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in the New King James Version, he says, The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. He asks, is it not a communion? And sometimes this word translated communion is also translated fellowship. It's that exact same word we looked at back in Acts chapter 2, koinonia, which means a very close fellowship or a partnership or a close communion. And that's why we sometimes call the Lord's Supper communion. Communion with Christ, communion with the church. Paul says this thing is, is communion with the cup and the blood of Christ, the bread and the body of Christ, but it's also communion as the body of Christ, as his church. Second thing Paul teaches us is that the Lord's Supper was commanded by Christ. And I think this is important for us to remember because this wasn't something that, it wasn't just a tradition that came out of the church. It wasn't just something that Paul made up or that some man made up. This was something that the Lord himself instituted and passed down to the apostles and to the church. And so remember, back in the Gospels, as Jesus' life drew closer to its end here on earth, Jesus celebrated that Jewish Passover meal with his disciples. And it was during that meal, the Last Supper, or the Lord's Supper, that he took these common things, bread and wine, and he used these things to illustrate to them about what was going to happen to him. And just in your mind, just picture Jesus sitting there and he takes that bread. And I wish I brought a piece of bread. And he just, he, he breaks the bread just to show them, guys, my body's about to be broken for you. My body's about to be ripped and torn into pieces for you. And then likewise, he takes that cup, this crimson wine, and, and it shows them this is my, my blood. This new covenant that I'm instituting is going to be one that's not sealed in the blood of goats and lambs and rams. It's going to be sealed in my blood as I shed that on Calvary's cross. And that was just an illustration that he used for them to show them when you trust in this, not the, not the bread and the wine, but you trust in me and my body and my blood and my work on the cross through faith, you can be saved. And so the Lord established this memorial or this reminder, if you will, on the very night that he was betrayed before he went to the cross. Now, I've got to talk about this because this is something that we see today. Some Christians have, have attempted to take the Lord's Supper and turn it into something that it, it's not. And to turn it into something it was never meant to be. And, and what they do is they say and teach that this, this stuff, these elements, actually become the literal body and the literal blood of Christ. And that you need to ingest His literal body and literal blood in order partly to be saved. That's never the way this was supposed to work. 
Christ teaches we're saved by grace through faith. Certainly not through our bellies. And so this has caused divisions throughout the church over the years. And going back to Spurgeon, I think he summed it up pretty well. He said this. He said, it is a lamentable fact that some have fancied that this simple ordinance of the Lord's Supper has certain magical or at least physical power about it so that by the mere act of eating and drinking this bread and wine, men can be made partakers of the body and blood of Christ. He says the original rite is lost in the superimposed ritual. He says superstition has produced a sacrament where Jesus, notice the language he uses, intended a fellowship. Jesus intended the Lord's Supper to be communion with him and his church and with the church amongst themselves. And it's supposed to be a time of sacrifice. And so here shortly, when we take the Lord's Supper and we gather around the Lord's table, I want us to do that, do what the Lord intended, and just pause and reflect for a minute and remember. And I want you in your mind when we do this, when you're sitting there with this cup of of juice and this little piece of bread, I want you to go back 2,000 years in your mind and just envision the Lord Jesus on that cross, his body badly beaten, his precious blood flowing down and even, even landing on the ground, poured out for your sin. Last but not least, the Apostle Paul reminds us the Lord's Supper, because of all of that, is a cause for correction. Paul says, let a person examine himself or herself. And So before you eat and drink from the Lord's table, you need to practice some self-reflection. But not only that, you need to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and examine your heart. And if you have blatant sin in your life, listen, you need to lay it down before you come to the Lord's table. You need to remove whatever it is that's between you and the Lord before you partake of His table. If you have something between you and another believer, you need to, to the best of your ability, go to that person and make that right. Maybe you need to seek forgiveness. Maybe you need to apologize. Maybe you just need to set the record straight. I don't know. But you need that. So not only do you have perfect communion with the Father, but you have perfect communion with your brothers and sisters as you all join around the Lord's table. The Lord's Supper is a great reminder of His great sacrifice. Serves a very special purpose in the Christian life. You see, we do this quarterly at First Baptist Church. Some churches do it more often, some less often. But we need it periodically to bring us back to the cross. Because I don't know about you, but Pastor Tyler needs to be reminded of the cross sometimes. We need a reminding of our sinfulness and a reminding of the, the, the cost that our sin had on God and on God's Son and be reminded of, of not just our sin, but reminded of His amazing love that we sang about this morning as He paid for that sin. You see, no matter how mature we get or really no matter how, how sanctified you might wake up feeling some mornings, we need to revisit Calvary's cross from time to time. It makes me think of that old song that says, Jesus, keep me near the cross. That should be our prayer this morning. Jesus, keep me near the cross there, a precious fountain. Free to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. And I like what the Course says. It says, in the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever. Not in anything that I've done, 
but in the cross of Christ. As we close this morning and we prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper, I challenge you just to allow the Holy Spirit for the next few moments to come in, drop those walls down for just a moment, allow the Spirit to search you, to know you, to look into the deep recesses of your heart and of your mind and ask you, what is standing between you and God this morning? What is standing between you and another brother or sister this morning? And whatever the Spirit shows you, maybe it's something you need to lay down at the altar. Maybe it's something you need to make right with somebody else this morning. Allow Him to lead you today so that when we come to the Lord's table, there's nothing standing in the way and we can have perfect communion with Him and with one another this morning. Would you stand with us as we close in prayer? Father, we thank you, God, first of all, for this occasion that we can come and that we can remember this morning as the Lord Jesus commanded us to remember and to think about what he's done. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus gave thanks. And Father, this morning we give thanks to the best that we know how. God, we can never repay you for what you've done. But God, our hearts are so filled with gratitude this morning for that precious blood that was shed, for that sacrifice that was made for our sin. God, we are eternally grateful. And we praise you for that this morning. God, this morning we also pray that the Holy Spirit would do His work in our hearts. Lord, that you would search us. That you would know us. That you would reveal to us anything standing between us and you this morning or us and another believer today. And Father, I pray that you show us how to resolve that. Give us a spirit of repentance before we come to your table and we celebrate the Lord Jesus. It's in his name we pray this morning. Amen. If you need to come to the altar this morning and just talk to the Lord, or if there's a decision that you need to make, pray about, why don't you come as we sing this song of invitation? Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon podcast. Please subscribe, but also join us live in person on the Court Square in Barberville or find us on YouTube by searching FBC Barberville, on Instagram at first underscore Baptist underscore Barberville, on Twitter at Barberville FBC, or on our Facebook page, First Baptist Barberville.